This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 221 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we'll share, along with a recommended reading that goes with each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes, we have four trends as always, based on uh, everything that we flipped over the past two weeks. We then coded them out to see if we could find um, trending topics, and we did. Our first trending topic is one that we predicted because it tends to happen around this time of year, research reports, where there were a number of research reports uh, written about, reported on in the popular media, including uh, one uh, report that shows that taking photos of slides helps students remember what they've learned. So if you're in, to use as an example, if you're in a big lecture, and the instructor is putting up a number of slides that are related content, take pictures of the slides. And somehow that actually does help one remember the, what one, one is learning about. There was also EduCause's Students and Technology Report, which is an annual report they put out, which uh, we've always appreciated very much in the, you and I, mm -hmm. uh, Tim, in the field. Yep. Um, there's a revealing brain plasticity and how the brain changes as we learn. There were actually neuroscientists who were able to actually monitor the brain function in real time. Fascinating stuff. What works in teacher professional development was also uh, reported. It's a, uh, based on a, a survey uh, sent out to teachers. Another recent survey sent out to students uh, conducted by Coursera suggests that students believe micro-credentials and professional certificates better position them for employment. Now, Tim, you and I both, when we discussed this earlier, we smiled a bit right. because, of course, this is a recent study sent to students who were somehow connected to Coursera, and uh, Coursera is reporting the results. There, There's a potential for some probably unintentioned bias there. We're not that, saying there is. They're just we're not saying there is bias. We're just, just know who put it out, right? Right. We're just sort of we're 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 not we're not making any accusations, right. and it and and certainly it is in a group like that's best interest to find out these kind of right. things to yeah. to conduct this kind of research. But just we beware. do suggest reading it very carefully. <laughs> right, yes. Exactly. Our recommended read in this area is study. Zoom live chat function helped students feel more comfortable by Armen Kia for diverse issues in higher education. And as always, I apologize profusely for my uh, pronunciation of, of authors' names. I'm sure I'm getting the majority of them wrong as I'm trying to pronounce them. Uh, this uh, article was actually a report on work done by Dr. Rachel Robnett of University of Nevada, Las Vegas. A recent study results indicate that um, men and women taking classes in a, a, 
a Zoom or a webinar or a Teams chat type of situation, uh, really appreciated having the live chat function enabled uh, during the, the presentation, which inherently for you and me, Tim, we were talking about this, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. It does. I mean, the whole idea of a back channel. I mean, yes, there's the been a lot of, of work around back channel. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes right. sense to us. But but it's nice to see a study actually sort of confirm, right. you know, a formal research confirm what our suspicion was. So it's very interesting. Um, so that's research reports. Number two, our number two trending is online resources and software for teaching, which is a trend we saw last week as well. We mm -hmm. saw a lot of online resources. So uh, this is a relatively, I mean, we've seen this before, but we haven't seen it happening quite as often. Right. It's not a, it is not a regular one. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of interested yeah. uh, to, to see how this works. Here are some examples. We saw a recommendation on um, uh, le recommended lesson plans for boom cards. We saw a description of what is Pear Deck. We saw an article about using TikTok in the classroom, which you and I both sort of paused when we, did. we were discussing this because it's so controversial, yeah. TikTok, at yeah. the moment. Uh, we saw an article about video production tools for uh, or filmmaking tools, as it was put. And it's really more about the act of filmmaking, but it, the article did list a number of resources for the software uh, that's readily available for video production and filmmaking. Um, new Google Docs features. Apparently, there's about a dozen, maybe 10 uh, new Google Docs features that are uh, well received. There's also uh, articles about uh, recommending educational video games. In At least in one of the articles, it said these are educational video games that students will enjoy because they don't seem like education. Uh, our recommended read in this uh, trend is Top Sites for Differentiated Instruction by Diana Restifo for Technology and Learning. And as as always, we we make a recommended reading because we assume that the rest of, of the world can't read as much as we are. This is, I mean, we get to do this for a living. But uh, if you only can read one trending, you know, one article on this trending topic, this is the one we recommend. The next trending topic, citizenship and safety, which we, I mean, it's a regular regularly yep, report. It on. is. Although this time it is citizenship and safety as opposed to security. Because mm -hmm. there was very little about network security this time. Right. It was all about citizenship and personal safety. New Zealand public schools roll out a new program for students 10 to 14. And the article kind of jokingly refers to it as earning a license to click. But it's an interesting concept. They've come up with a, a program of study and it's kind of a gamified approach where once you have accrued enough, I guess, points or, or whatever it is within the game, um, you receive kind of your license to be able to go online independently. Uh, it's a nice thought, I think. Um, social media's status is shifting. We're seeing articles uh, about uh, social media's the change in perception of social media. This also goes along with something that we had observed in the past couple of months, articles about social media uh, companies, ed tech com or tech companies uh, facing some difficulties in terms of gaining advertisers, in terms of subscribers. So there's been a lot of uh, change in the industry itself and the the status of social media is reflected by that. 
Um, we also saw an article discussing the idea of banning cell phones in schools. It's a it's a debate. Some people are saying no. Got it. The kids have to be able to have access to all the technology that's available. Others are saying, and in this case, the article points out they're not saying ban technology. They're saying literally just cell phones during the day, that it's kind of an odd distraction. Um, now, back to TikTok. The FCC, the Federal Communications Commission for the um, United States, the commissioner says that the government should ban TikTok. It's, it, apparently, it's a too high a security risk. And finally, uh, just in terms of topics, plagiarism and the use of text spinners. Text spinners is something, Tim, that you and I are a little unsure right. of. Right. Um, but the, the idea is that one of the issues right now is that some students, and not just students, some scholars, are plagiarizing and using this text spinning function, which allows them to uh, replace some keywords with synonyms so that a um, plagiarism detection device doesn't work as easily to detect the plagiarism. Um, it's a challenge and it would have been, it would have been our recommended read here, but this article popped up and we thought if you only have one to read, this is the one. What is digital citizenship plus ideas for teaching it? By Jill Stake for We Are Teachers. And the article is very broad. It's uh, the biggest possible overview of the concept of digital citizenship, but it's got a lot of good recommendations for resources. And so, yes, if you have one article to read or recommend to others from for, for this two-week period, this is the one. Finally, our fourth trend, remote teaching and learning, which comes up all the time. It does. In various incarnations, including online teaching and learning. Right. But this time, most of the articles mentioned the concept of remote mm -hmm. teaching and learning. Uh, MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's ad hoc committee on leveraging best practices from remote teaching for on-campus education. This was an article that came out, um, and it's an interesting idea that that what they're what the what MIT's committee is actually looking at is how can we use what we've learned from teaching remotely to improve our face-to-face -face courses. Fascinating. Um, increasing competition in online higher education is leading more institutions to uh, benefit less from online from, in terms of uh, money-making, marketing profitability type of thing. Uh, examining virtual reality as a teaching medium. We saw a couple of articles about that. Uh, strategies for student success in virtual learning and teaching. Our recommended read in this area, though, is more about, it's almost more like a PD for us, professional development aspect. Recommended read is inundated with applications. No teacher shortage at virtual schools by Asher Lehrer Small for Fast Company. The article basically describes how there is um, an increased number of applications for teaching position, for, for people who would like a teaching position in a virtual school. And it comes from a number of uh, public school teachers who have either gained confidence in their ability to teach um, remotely during the pandemic, and some people who've lost confidence in their interest or lost interest in teaching face-to-face -face in public schools and that they, this is a more attractive option for them. But it's an interesting thing to see because traditionally 
we we've we've seen school teachers shy away from uh, teaching online or teaching remotely. So Tim, those are our four trends and our four recommended readings. Thanks, Abby. Now let's turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball. And as we normally do, we talk about it before we come on. Uh, we come on air. Um, yes. Again, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you can some of our trends you could probably guess that we think we'll see. Although we didn't see hardware and software, we we didn't. Which is and we almost always do. We always do. So well, I think we're not going out on a limb by predicting that that's probably going to be one of them. We, probably. We see citizen citizenship security or citizenship and safety like we saw this episode we predict that as well yes yes we that's have, a... we are there any new ones that we we talked well, about yes. one of them that we thought was new there that is we might kind of, see well you know we were talking about this and we've started to see more of these types of articles about how remote instruction experiences may benefit right. in-person instruction yeah. that there's a lot to be learned from teaching in a different medium right and then applying it to the tradi- um, a more traditional medium or one that one is more comfortable in. So we expect to see more articles, kind of like MIT's, mm-hmm. talking about the takeaways that say, well, you know, I learned how to do this while teaching remotely, right. and I'm applying it to my current fa- primarily face-to-face instructional event. So uh, we expect to see more about that. Hardware and software, I think we expect to see more about that as the holidays approach. Right. Of course. It's that time of year. Um, It's that time of year. And everything else is just kind of um, normally what we expect. We we always hope to see more about instructional design. Right. Um, But really, we've been seeing many more sort of listings of resources and reviews of instructional software than we are designed. Which those are helpful. I mean, yeah, they're great. They're They're great. But it's not something that we, we, we typically see, but we have been over the last few episodes. Yes. And that's it, Tim. Well, thanks, Abby. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 221 of our podcast. We'd like to thank our followers and viewers of our Flipboard magazine. And of course, we appreciate those of you who subscribe to our podcast. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings that we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on November 17th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green, 2019-2020.